scriptural uh, encounters that it is possible for saints to have with the Holy Spirit subsequent to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Prior to this, uh, we've been looking at uh, biblical evidences that help us to identify when supernatural manifestations take place in the church, uh, which manifestations are of God and which aren't. Um, and so we want to now in this section concentrate on the scriptural manifestations of the Holy Spirit, um, which are subsequent to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And so um, we have seen that it is entirely scriptural for the saints who have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, uh, with the evidence of speaking with other tongues, to seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That is a, a very scriptural concept. Uh, we saw that taking place in the church in Samaria when Peter and John went down there and they conducted a meeting specifically for the saints who had not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And so those saints that attended that meeting went there for the very specific purpose of being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so that is entirely scriptural. It is always normative for saints who have not yet been filled to seek to be filled. However, what is completely unscriptural, and we'll see um, as we go through today's section, and probably in the next teaching, it is unscriptural for saints who have already been filled with the Holy Spirit um, to seek to be filled once again. And uh, that's where a lot of the church gets into a lot of trouble, because um, in the church today specifically, and over the last number of years, there has been this move in the church <clears throat> to encourage saints to seek to be filled with the Holy Spirit, who are already filled with the Holy Spirit. And as a result of that, um, there has been a lot of error that has crept into the church. And a lot of um, you know, um, damage has actually been done to the body of Christ. And so... As I said, we'll see in this passage that it is in, in the section today, sorry, uh, that is in, it is entirely unscriptural for saints who are filled with the Holy Spirit to seek to be filled once again. Now, it does not mean that it is unscriptural for saints to be filled once again with the Holy Spirit, because the Bible is very clear to us, and we'll see passages of Scripture uh, today and in the next teaching um, of very clear accounts of saints who have already been filled with the Holy Spirit and speak with other tongues to be filled once again. Um, and so the, the, the Bible is clear that it does happen. It is normative for saints who have been filled with the Holy Spirit to have subsequent infillings of the Holy Spirit, so to speak. But what is not normative and what is completely unscriptural is for saints to seek after being filled with the Holy Spirit again and again and again. We can only seek for the filling of the Holy Spirit once. After that, we'll see what the, the, the uh, New Testament pattern is uh, regarding this concept. And so, um, as I say, it, it's unscriptural to seek to be filled, but saints can and will be filled with the Holy Spirit uh, subsequent to the initial baptism. And so there is a difference between these two concepts, a vast difference between these two concepts. And it, it, a while ago, there was um, a so-called move of the Holy Spirit. I alluded to it earlier 
in uh, one of the churches and it lasted for a long time and many saints from all over the world went to this particular church and were impacted by that um, and it was not of God that was um, it, it, it may have originally started out from God but it certainly uh, morphed into something that was not of God and one of the pastors that was involved directly in that move so to speak um, recognized partly through it that this was not of God and he turned away from it and he actually has become uh, if you go to read his account his testimony he's become disheartened with the power of the Holy Spirit because of the deception that came in through that particular move now that's just one uh, one of the pastors who was actually involved in that and so one of the dangers that we have is that when this type of error gets taught to churches or in the church shall I say um, you get the, the, the saints who are ignorant um, who flock after these experiences and thus are impacted uh, erroneously by a false spirit but you also get this other spin-off that takes place is that when saints do and as a, I'm just quoting this one pastor um, do realize okay this this that I was involved in is actually not from God um, what happens is quite often then they don't want anything more to do with the, the power of the Holy Spirit because they, they, they feel well you know I, I just can't uh, get involved with any of this anymore and so you know they go off into the extreme on the other side and so it's very important that we uh, get a, a scriptural balance with our encounters with the Holy Spirit so we don't seek after encounters that are not of God and we don't also seek to have nothing to do with encounters with the Holy Spirit because of these other encounters which are not of God um, so that's what this series is all about it's to deal with the error that has come into the church through um, false teaching through false um, um, encouragement given to saints in certain areas and to bring a scriptural balance to the experience of our encounters with the Holy Spirit so that we have the right encounters and we don't go off into tangent, tangents on either side. And so as I say, <clears throat> what we'll see is that it is entirely scriptural to be filled with the Holy Spirit once again after the initial baptism, but what is unscriptural is for the saints to seek to be filled once again. And when saints go down that road, it is then that they open themselves up to all sorts of error. Uh, a passage of scripture that we'll open up with today, dealing with this concept of scriptural encounters with the Holy Spirit and having scriptural fillings of the Holy Spirit, is in Acts chapter 4, verse 29 to 31. The scripture says, Now, Lord, look upon their threats and grant to your servants that with all boldness they may speak your word by stretching out your hand to heal, and that signs and wonders may be done through the name of your holy servant Jesus. And when they had prayed, <clears throat> the place where they were assembled together was shaken, and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit, and they spoke the word of God with boldness. And so there are numerous accounts in Scripture that reveal to us saints who are filled with the Holy Spirit, who have already been filled with the Holy Spirit. One account is P 
Kedda when he was um, witnessing before the council with John in Acts 4 8 the scripture says he was filled with the Holy Spirit and then he began to testify another scripture in Acts 13 9 talks about Paul being filled with the Holy Spirit when he confronted Elymas the sorcerer and so that's just two of numerous accounts in scripture that tell us that the saints um, because both Peter and, and Paul obviously had already been baptized in the Holy Spirit by this time, were speaking in tongues all the time, but they were subsequently filled with the Holy Spirit on these two occasions. Now, as I say, there are numerous accounts of, in Scripture that speak exactly that language, that the saints were filled with the Holy Spirit. Um, and so it is clearly scriptural for saints who are already filled with the Holy Spirit to be filled once again. That is entirely scriptural but we see a, a, a pattern that is forms around this concept of the saints who are already filled with the holy spirit being filled once again and that pattern is and we see it is always as the spirit wills and when the saints are filled with the holy spirit once again it is for a task that he wants them to accomplish and so I go back to peter um, on that day, the scripture says he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he spoke to the council. And so it was God who initiated the filling of Peter. Peter didn't ask for the Holy Spirit to fill him. God initiated that and there was a specific purpose. God wanted Peter to testify to the Jewish council. So that was the purpose of his being filled with the Holy Spirit. Look at Paul's account. Again, Paul didn't ask for the Holy Spirit to fill him. God initiated, the Holy Spirit initiated that filling for the specific purpose of confronting Elymas the sorcerer and pronouncing judgment on him. And so that's the New Testament pattern that we can see taking place um, around this concept of the saints being filled with the Holy Spirit subsequent to the baptism of the Holy Spirit. The pattern is initiated by the Holy Spirit and are done for a specific task that he wants the individual to perform. And so we get to this particular account we just read in this passage of scripture. Um, the, the background to this account, the context here is that Peter and John had um, been arrested for preaching the gospel. Um, they had been taken before the Jewish council and they had been um, warned or well, basically threatened that they were no longer to be uh, proclaiming the gospel through the, in the name of Jesus Christ. They had to stop preaching the gospel. So Peter and John come back and they get the church together and they report to them what the Jewish council has pronounced. As a result of that, the church got together for a prayer meeting and they prayed to God that he would sort this whole thing out. And part of their prayer was Grant to your servants all boldness that they may proclaim your gospel. So in other words, Lord, we're not going to listen to the Jewish council. We're going to listen to you. And you've commanded us to preach the gospel. Now we ask you to impart, uh, embolden this to us so that we can do just that. Now on this occasion, um, what we see um, is God responding in a very powerful way. In that the whole building that they were in was shaken. Now you will recall... Um, and the Bible says that they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and they began to speak the uh, Word of God with boldness. And so here we have the church, all, that whole 
prayer group meeting. We don't know how many saints were present on that occasion. Would have been a number of saints, obviously. The scripture says they were all filled, all filled with the Holy Spirit. It's the same saints who just a few weeks before had been filled with the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost. And here we see them being filled once again. Now, <clears throat> on uh, the day of Pentecost, you recall there was that phenomena that occurred, that mighty rushing wind, uh, which was very powerful. On this occasion, there's another phenomena that occurs, and that is God shakes the whole building. But the scripture also goes on to say, and they were uh, filled with the Holy Spirit and uh, began to proclaim the word of God with boldness. Now, that was the answer to their prayer. So they, it wasn't in their prayer meeting that they began to pr proclaim the word of God boldly, not at all. Um, it was subsequent to the prayer meeting that they went out into the city of Jerusalem and began once again to proclaim the word of God boldly. Because why? They had been filled with the Holy Spirit to perform a task. The task was to proclaim the word of God boldly. And so the pattern remains the same. <clears throat> that The subsequent infilling that they received was... Um, initiated by God. Now, they did not say, Lord, fill us with your Holy Spirit. They prayed, Lord, give us boldness to proclaim your gospel. That was their request. What God did in response, he shook the building, obviously, but he then filled them with his Holy Spirit, and they proclaimed the word of God boldly. So there's that pattern. The infilling comes initiated by God for a specific task. In this case, the task was so that they would proclaim the word of God boldly. Now, <clears throat> the um, writer of the book of Acts, Luke, um, he informs us that all the saints present in that meeting were filled with the Holy Spirit. So how did he know that? Well, um, it's not because, as I say, they began to all then proclaim the word of God boldly because, you know, it's not, it's not a case of... Now, in this prayer meeting, they could boldly speak the word of God. No, it's, that was the answer to their prayer. In other words, they went out and they witnessed for the Lord Jesus Christ over the period after this prayer meeting. So that wasn't the reason that Paul, I'm sorry, that Luke could make this comment to us that all the saints were filled with the Holy Spirit. It also wasn't because all the saints began to speak with other tongues um, in the prayer meeting because... They had been speaking in other tongues ever since the day of Pentecost. And much of that prayer meeting that night would have been conducted in praying in other tongues. So that wasn't the evidence that Luke saw that uh, uh, assured him that all of the saints were once again filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, it would have been the same kind of evidences that were present on the day of Pentecost outside of tongues. And we, we kind of mentioned it um, in passing in the in the in the uh, previous teaching and so Luke would have seen the other visible phenomena that would have occurred as the power of God came upon the saints and they were filled with the Holy Spirit go back to Peter and Paul the two examples that I, I quoted when those two individuals were filled with the Holy Spirit on their two occasions Peter before the council Paul in front of Elymas they would have sensed the tangible power of God coming upon them. And that would have um, been the, the catalyst, so to speak, for them to then perform the task. They would have recognized that the Holy Spirit has come upon them to do what he wanted them to do.
And that's exactly what transpired in this prayer meeting as well. Um, Luke would have seen the same things taking place. As the tangible power of God came upon the saints in the prayer meeting, some of them would have begun to tremble under that power. Some might have laughed, some might have wept, some might have cried out for joy. Um, a trembling, some would have begun to tremble under the power of God's shake. Some would have fallen down on this occasion because they might have been standing. And so that's the kind of phenomena that occurred in that prayer meeting that convinced Luke to write to us, okay, all the saints in that prayer meeting were once again filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, he doesn't say once again. I just put, it that, put that in there because they had already been filled on the day of Pentecost. And so that's what we need to recognize around the infilling of the Holy Spirit. When we are filled with the Holy Spirit on subsequent occasions after we have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. It, it is a tangible anointing that comes upon the individual. It is recognizable that the power of God has come upon them. Now, let's go back to Peter. He's standing before the council and the Bible tells us that he was filled with the Holy Spirit and he began to testify. Now, he would have recognized the tangible power coming up of the Holy Spirit coming upon him to testify and he would have then done that. But in Peter's case, he wouldn't have start, started to shake and tremble and laugh or those kind of manifestations would not have happened because they would have been inappropriate amongst in front of the, the the council they would have thought he was a bit of a nut but he would have sensed the power of god coming upon him physically tangibly and he then obviously stepped up <clears throat> stepped out in that anointing that he had just been filled up with paul on this uh, in his instance as well when he he was filled with the holy spirit and he confronted elemis and he pronounced judgment on him again paul would have uh, felt the tangible power of God come upon him. But Paul, again, also would not have begun to tremble and shake and uh, laugh or cry or whatever. There would have been no physical manifestation to those around Paul as to his infilling of the Holy Spirit. However, he would have recognized it coming upon him. And then he obviously stepped out and did what the Holy Spirit wanted him to do. On this occasion, with this prayer meeting taking place, um, Luke as an observer witnessed all of the saints being filled with the Holy Spirit. And so here we, we do see the tangible evidences of the power of God being made manifest. Why do we say that? Because in this environment, the saints are only present. It's a prayer meeting. So there's not a whole lot of onlookers looking on and, and they're not standing out in the middle of, of the town square for argument's sake. Um, and so God in his sovereignty can do that and they allow the saints to experience that power of God to that degree that they then react physically in that manner. So that's uh, something we just need to be aware of. Another passage of scripture that again just talks around because we're, we're, we're just putting through the concept that it is entirely scriptural for the saints to be filled with the Holy Spirit subsequent to their baptism of the Holy Spirit. Um, and there is a New Testament pattern that, we, where, that points us in this direction, which is that when the saints are filled with the Holy Spirit subsequent to their baptism, it is always initiated by the Holy Spirit. The saints never seek after it themselves. They don't go and before the Lord, Lord, I want you to fill me again. Oh, won't you please fill me again? 
that is entirely unscriptural and that opens the door for all sorts of weird things taking place. So it's always initiated, the inf subsequent influenza is always initiated by the Holy Spirit and when he does, it is always um, in response for him wanting us to do something for him. Even as the church had prayed, they had not prayed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. We need to recognize that. They prayed for boldness. God gave them boldness, but he did it via the mechanism of, being, of them being filled with the Holy Spirit once again. This account here, 1 Timothy 4.14, uh, the scripture says, well, Paul writing to Timothy, and he says, Do not neglect the gift that is in you, which was given to you by prophecy with the laying on of hands of the eldership. And so here we have an account of um, Timothy, who was an apostle. If you go read uh, Paul's writing, his letter to the church in Thessalo the Thessalonian church. He speaks about Silas and Paul being a fellow apostles. I'm not going to get into any controversy on that one, but Paul was a, uh, Timothy was a minister of the gospel. And so what happened on this occasion is the elders had called Timothy forward and laid hands on him. Paul would have been amongst those eldership and prophesied over him. And part of the prophetic utterance that was given over Timothy's life was that the Holy Spirit is imparting this particular gift to you now. Now, when that happened, Timothy would have recognized a tangible power of God coming upon him. Now, again, don't forget, Timothy had already been filled with the Holy Spirit a um, long time before this event took place. And so here he is filled once again. So what is the, the pattern we see? The Holy Spirit initiated this impartation to Timothy. Timothy didn't go to Paul and say, listen, guys, I really want to have a gift by the Holy Spirit given to me. Why don't you all lay hands on me so that he can do that? No, this was the elders um, initiated by the move of the Holy Spirit to impart this gift to Timothy. In doing so, Timothy would have felt the tangible power of God coming upon him, confirming to him the gift that he was receiving from the Holy Spirit, the gift that he was receiving from God, so that he could then go out and use that gift. And so we see the pattern there again. That is, it's the, the infilling of the Holy Spirit initiated by the Holy Spirit for a specific task, so that Timothy could operate in the gift given to him. And so that's the New Testament pattern, and that's really what... Um, we should be experiencing throughout our Christian walk. I experience it on numerous occasions. The tangible power of God coming upon me, and then I recognize God wants me to operate and do something for Him, and then I'm obedient to step out and do that which He has impressed upon my heart that He wants me to do. Um, however, He wants me to operate at that particular point in time. But it's a tangible anointing. You feel it coming upon you. And you recognize, and that is the infilling of the Holy Spirit. Now, I've, I've had experiences, obviously, where the, the power of God is very powerful that comes upon me. And there is then, obviously, a physical reaction that takes place. But most instances, there's no physical reaction that takes place when I'm filled with the Holy Spirit. I just recognize the power of God coming on me and what He wants me to do. And so that's the New Testament pattern. And the saints should never, as I say, we, there's, no, there's no place in Scripture at all that tells the saints who are already filled to go and seek after being filled once again. 
And as I said, it is entirely scriptural. The saints have not been filled to seek to be filled. That's a, a, a scriptural pattern we can follow. But the other pattern is not to be followed at all because what happens is, it's un, because it's unscriptural, the saints have now stepped outside of the bounds of scripture and have opened themselves up. Satan has a right to now impart something else to those saints. And we don't want to go down that road. Um, I'm going to end the teaching on that point.